What's good, everybody? Uh, back again with a, another episode of Pops Wisdom Podcast. This is episode 89. And I interviewed my good friend Alvin Hollinger III, AH3. Um, in this episode, we discuss um, our fathers, uh, the importance of men and masculinity, um, body count pertaining to both men and women, and uh, male chastity which I know was a very popular topic. <laughs> Psych. Um, we also talk about um, our declining social order and how that pertains to to marriage and um, families. And uh, there was one jewel that Alvin's dad drops in the episode, or Alvin talks about his dad. He used to tell him all the time in, in uh this episode and it was the five B's when, when vetting a future mate and it was beauty brains, background, backbone and Bible. And I'll let him explain that, but I, I really like those. Um, that was one of the things that really stuck out to me in this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy and, uh, yeah, just sit back and relax and, have a little listen. All right. How's it going, everybody? Uh, this is the first time I've ever done a long-distance recording. Um, I have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. AH3, Mr. Alvin Hollinger third. Um, Say hi to the people, Alvin. What's going on, ladies and gents? This is Mr. Alvin Hollinger, AH3. Um not a novice, but at the same time, a little seasoned uh, with podcasts. I had a podcast called Real Talk with AH3 that is on the Bashani, B-S-H-N-I network, Black-owned podcasting network. I did that for about a year. Just talked about life in general. Um... I ended it because I felt I had said everything that I needed to say. Um, so meanwhile, I just pop up on other people's podcasts now and give my ideas on life. I guess that would be the best way to describe it. Um, born and raised Houston, Texas. I love Houston. If I ever get, as I get to a, a position of uh, being able to go and travel back and forth. This will probably still stay home um, for various reasons. Family. I like the economics of this area. Um, I like the the manageable uh, seasons. Um, there, there's just a lot of aspects about being here in the South, in Texas, one of the most industrious and self-sufficient states that I like. Um, uh what else about me 40 years old as of this recording uh and i just i consider myself an average man with unique opinions on life um many different subjects so mike has invited me up here to talk about whatever comes up basically well yeah i made a little short lesson you can't leave off Houston without the turkey leg hut. 
You know what? Actually, since since living here in Houston, I have never been to the Turkey Leg Hut. I live in I live here in Louisville, and I've only been to the Derby once, and I didn't. I only went to that later mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. So big. I mean, you know, you can get on Google and 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 put whatever type of food you want near me. It's gonna pop up something. Yeah. Um, turkey leg comes from that culture of parking lot barbecue um, pop ups that we have down here. Oh yeah, we got them up here. Strip, strip uh, in front of strip malls and mm -hmm. you know close to barbershops and car washes and things like that. Um, and of course we have, uh, not only the Texas barbecue, but because of Katrina, we have the, no. and, and just the connection between Louisiana and Texas and black people, um, the Creole angle to it as well. Mm -hmm. And we just went to San Antonio last year for uh, summer vacation. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Loved it. All right. So like my so the podcast is Pops Wisdom. So we'd like to to dig into jewels that our fathers have dropped upon us. I know like my father, yours is transition, but you got any jewels that he dropped on you? Alvin Hollinger Jr., my father, born and raised in the Ritter, Louisiana. Hmm. Oh, a very stoic man. A very hmm. uh uh passionate man about what he cared for and he and his care for was was for his family um a, a, a true warrior at heart he was ex-military um marine corps slightly after vietnam mm. um that gave him a a a, a discipline that he carried on and hit into his life um that was more action than words but when he had words, of course, they, they still stick with me to this day. Hmm. Um, one of the things that he had was never force anything. Hmm. Uh, if, it, if you're trying to force something to make something happen, chances are uh, he would say it this in, 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 in a mechanical way. Because usually this proverb would come out when we were doing some type of mechanical work or some type of uh, handyman work. Um. But he would basically basically say, if you try to force something, you're gonna you're gonna break it anyway. Mm -hmm. You try you 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 find a different um uh route to get complete what you need to complete. But that transcend that transcends just mechanical work and um handyman work. Uh the other thing that he gave me was at least a starter pack for vetting um women mm. he gave me what was called the five b's beauty brains backbone background and uh wait beauty oh and bible there you go so mm. beauty of course she gotta be attractive to you brains she had to have some type of intelligence about herself mm -hmm. um she don't have to be a 150 IQ girl, but at the same time, she she has to have some reasonability by herself. Background. What is what is a, what was her family dynamics like? Um observe um and see, you know, what what kind of plays out with that or, or what what she tells you as she gets comfortable in knowing you. Uh backbone. 
backbone is a certain type of resiliency. Um, it's a different resiliency from being, uh, what's the word from being, uh, just kind of beholden to a man just because that happens to just be, be the man in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he ain't got shit going on. That's different than from a man who does have direction or focus and he may be down for a little while until he, he bounces back backbone and bible bible of course means her faith her it, you know because my father and we grew up in a christian family of course we're gonna we're gonna kind of reflect more towards the bible as a spiritual um guide to our lives mm -hmm. so those are the two core things that i still carry with me in my life uh Right now, those are the two things, the two more two principles that stick uh with me. Uh so there you go, Alejandro Jr. Um, I like the five B's. And see that, that would you consider your father a very traditional man? That definitely was traditional, but did not come from a traditional per se back mm. ground. Um he was one of eight children um, to a loving mother mm. that for whatever reason uh, had challenges with keeping a stable man around. Mm. This reinforced the personality that he was born with. He was right. born with a leader personality. So although he wasn't the oldest kid in the family, he had the most serious um, demeanor about him. Right. Which at times perhaps um, let his mom rely on him a lot. And I think at some point he had to make a choice between being the rock for his family for for his immediate family my you know mom and us his children um as opposed to the family that he came from mm -hmm. what what number in line was he my dad was number three of seven i want to say he he was three of four mm. i think yes it there was there was and mm, yeah because there was the I think it was a boy, then a girl, then another boy, then him, or two boys and him. He was like probably four or five. I forget. Mm -hmm. I forget the lineage. He was in the middle. I He's know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you find that. So my dad was the son of a military man, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty much all the all there's four boys, and three of the four joined the military. The only one that didn't was the youngest. He was the baby, so he was the baby of all the kids. So he enjoyed. I think that was that was a go-to for black men of that era. Oh yeah, there. Well, that that was my grandfather's thing. He's like, either you gonna figure it out, or you just going to the military. <laughs> and like, so my dad, my grandfather was army, retired army, first sergeant. My uh, dad's older brother, because it went. I had my aunt, 
Then my dad's older brother, he went to the Navy. My dad followed him to the Navy. And I had two more aunts. And then my other uncle went to the Air Force. And then the youngest one didn't go. Um, he almost did. The youngest one almost did go to the military. And, and they were trying to mess him over on his uh, forms. And my grandfather was like, nope. And they walked. So he didn't end up going to the military. But all the rest of them did. Yeah. And you find that it's almost like that, that stoicism is bred into them. Like my dad, I did, my dad didn't really talk to me much until I was probably in high school and started playing football. Because yeah. he, at that point, he's like, "We can relate." Because he played football, so he's like, "We can, yeah. we can relate." So that's when he really, really started having conversations and talking to me. Other than that, before that, he didn't talk much. Not to me, you know, and and it was more or less a unless it was a coachable moment, there wasn't much much speaking. The mine was a little different. Uh, mm. Conversation between me and my dad would come out while we was working on a project, or mm-hmm. something, either yard work or uh, carpentry or or something of that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's kind of a good thing. Obviously, we had so many of them; they just come back in little flashes or, or mm-hmm. hints right there, or yep. maybe a conversation at the table. My dad was very—he um, was very adamant politically, and I under—and I understand why. Although I'm not as politically adamant as he was, he was, um, frankly. A black man that 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 beat many odds. Once he came back from the military in the eighties, um, he had got he had gotten a house for mom. Mm-hmm. He had found a decent or a fairly lucrative job at uh, working uh in the plants like petroleum plants. Mm, um, okay. Uh, here in Houston. But that was the time when they started to really re-engineer America and they scrapped the damn industrial jobs mm-hmm. uh, here, in, here in Texas. So he had to endure uh, a long uh, recession uh, without those kind of uh, jobs here. Mm-hmm. And that's where my mom's resiliency came in because somehow, some way they worked it out. While a lot of women were leaving that man for losing their jobs, my mom stuck it in there with, with him. Um, mm-hmm. But in hindsight as well, I see a little bit why. Because while he was in the military, he paid for uh, like her going to medical billing school. Mm-hmm. So there was a time where she had more job access than he did. Mm-hmm. So he had to find smaller jobs to eventually because of his military history it led him in the law enforcement like mm-hmm. one of the people who uh reviewed his um resume for a job mm-hmm. that he was trying to go for told him like well it looks like your your um skills are more aligned with law enforcement so that law enforcement became the bread and butter for my dad and him raising us as a family along with my mom still working many most of the years in uh medical 
billing work. Classic, you know, fairly blue blue collar family, basically. Yeah. Like most of us, blue collar. Like my dad was an electrician. He he went. That's where his trade was in the navy. He got out. That's what he did. And he worked at the airport as an electrician. So when I was little, he'd do little side jobs doing electrical work, and I'd always go with him. And I was his tool man. Mm-hmm. He's up on ladder. Give me this. All right. <laughs> give me that all right got it so I, I learned electrical pretty quick and i learned that i didn't want to do it um mm-hmm. one thing i was thinking of is like when one of the things i mean we talk pretty much every day right so mm-hmm. one thing one topic that we usually get on is the importance of of men and masculinity and and how in this current day, it's starting to fade away. Um, it's foolishly but, being suppressed. Mm-hmm. I really say foolishly because the harder that our society suppresses it, because they're so they're so afraid of men abusing masculinity. Um, the more they suppress it, all they're doing is they're creating basically a shadow society or a vacuum a void for it to pour into. And that's why they're going up against individuals that they're calling toxic masculine, like um, Andrew Tate Mm. and people like that. What they don't understand is that the face is going to change, but that, that, that voice or that energy is going to be the same because it's not given, it's not being given a healthy outlet in society and its place in society is to, create boundaries, develop orders so that it can form healthy hierarchies that are more inclusive. What they're trying to test right now, basically, is what does power look like in the hands of authoritative feminine? Mm -hmm. They sell it as egalitarianism, but the more you look at it, especially the more you look at the subliminal programming and and the propaganda, it's really female su- superiority being sold as egalitarianism. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, <clears throat> they're trying to create a, a, a society, a class where men get the responsibilities to take on the consequences under the guises of our direction of women. Right. That's going to work on some men, right? Right. But you can't you 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 can't stamp out um a certain personality type that's already um built for stoicism, leadership um or maybe in this case uh 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 rebellion Right. And that's what our society is going to learn at some point. It may be not, not these generations, but they're going to start asking the question like, <clears throat> where are all these hardcore men coming? What, 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 what is this base of hardcore men coming from? These men demanding, demanding more honor or respect before they lay their lives down for society. Right, because it's one of those things where the the old cycle. It's um, strong men create easy times, 
Easy times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men, strong and the men. cycle goes. And we we are right there. We yep. we 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 are. I think we're honestly exiting out of the good times create soft men, and mm-hmm. we're entering in the soft men create hard times. Hard times. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad enough yet. Give it a little bit. Yep. Um. Like. That was just so I did an episode about um male chastity and it was it was inspired by uh Black Mind. He he was talking about it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Black Mind. Um if you know, you know. Yeah. Um and it's one of those things, it's not a popular topic because we live in, in, in this free love, free sex society, right? Mm-hmm. And Leaning more towards spirituality on my end. I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, so these people are out here and yeah, okay, guys get championed for as many women as they can bed. By both men and women. But yeah, by both men and women. And women get chastised for having a high body count, right? Mm-hmm. Neither of which ever take into account what that interaction is actually meant for and, and, and what actually happens. And then they wonder why so many people are like um, so messed up, right? Mm-hmm. I saw this meme. I sent you. I sent it to you earlier, but I'm gonna go ahead and read it. It says, "Sex is the binding or the blending together of souls and DNA. You intertwine with their personal energy field. You take on their blocks and energetic patterns. You can also open." yourself to anything negative they hold such as spiritual parasites sex is never a casual spur of the moment act that should be taken lightly when we consider as a when we consider it as a meaningless act and have multiple partners our aura become becomes broken we consume the energies of every partner and their partners leaving us overwhelmed anxious needy and low vibe these might not actually be your own words and thoughts it could be those of others. And one of the things my dad always used to talk about, he's like, be selective, be careful. And I've always been really picky of people. Um, part of it, I'm, I'm kind of like an empath. And the other part of it is I'm, I'm super picky. Like, mm-hmm. he, one of the things he used to say is everybody don't deserve what you got. Mm-hmm. And I would look at people who are just like out here just wilding. And I'm just like, I don't even want to do that. Do you know how much time and energy it takes just to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like what, I'm, I'd rather at, chase at, my purpose. Well, what at most, um, at most, uh, what, 10 seconds of intense, <laughs> 10 seconds, intense pl- pleasure, <laughs> you know, all that, all that work. Um, all that work. Of course, it's, um, it's a primal aspect of us, and it has to be a very deeply um, intriguing or deeply stimulating, or else we we wouldn't carry on as a um, species. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, <clears throat> when the undersides of your um, culture get too bad, too corrupt, meaning like 
um, I think a real heavy factor in, in a lot of this is um, the molestation, mm-hmm. the abuse of the abuse of authority or abuse of aggressiveness on the innocence of children. It sexually initiates these people um, way earlier than they're able to emotionally manage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one layer. The other layer is that there is a subtle power game that's that's always around sex, right? Which I guess ties back into the molestation thing in a sense, because people will use these intense experiences to um, program or um, incentivize others, mm. you know, and things like that. And when that is used with an intent of of completely self-serving, almost sociopathic intent, well, you get people that's that's programmed to get people before they get you. Mm -hmm. Or to get while they're getting this good. Um, So, you know, by the time we get to a level of consciousness about sex, you know, it's important to to choose your partners wisely or your mates wisely so that you can, y'all can be more on one accord than not on accord if children should come. Um, by that time, you know, you didn't have so many or been exposed to so many experiences that you're, for the most part, you're frankly numb. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what we get. We get the residuals of all that hidden hidden activity once we decide to become more focused with our sexuality. Right. And again, you know, the ranking system that both men and women have, you know, if you are able to successfully bed many women, um, there's something special about you. Mm-hmm. Um, this work? Or... <laughs> Oh, you know, not just not just from not just in the eyes of men, but the eyes of women, because women be like, you do that. You you must know know what you're doing. So I want to have an experience with you. Right. And and this hookup culture that we have now has actually benefited men more than them than women, because you hear I've, on the, I've, on the I've, backside now what, what it's doing is <laughs> it, it's basically stripped men of a certain level of responsibility. Until mm-hmm. those kids start popping up, when those kids start popping up, yeah, and 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 these courts start assigning you to your your fiscal duty, that's when the game flips, and these women are able to leverage your seed against you, and and like that that it kind of leans more towards like the decline of marriage and 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 decline of our social order, like. I was having a conversation it's with more of the decline of in my mind, it's more decline of the spiritual component of commitment. Yeah. Because if you had the spiritual component of commitment in place between a man or a woman and a or a man and women. <laughs> um we ain't gonna then, go there this episode. <laughs> then uh <laughs> then the whole marriage thing, I wouldn't say it'd be perfect. I would just simply say it'd be better. Would a man deliberately screw over a woman that he feels that he has 
a deep honor uh, and respect from. No. Unless he was already a sociopath or psychopath to begin with it. Right. And the question becomes, well, how did that man end up a sociopath or a psychopath? True. There's a certain percentage of our society that's probably born with that kind of wiring. But I wouldn't say a great majority of them do that. Mm-hmm. They become that over time for, from experiences. You know. Yeah, they've seen the dark side of life. Mm-hmm. Usually from a young age, and then mm-hmm. then they just and see the thing about those guys, the sociopath, they're the most attractive ones. As far as because the, the women day... have, have had a certain wiring from that too. Mm-hmm. Usually, yep. oftentimes, a lot of uh, if it's not outright molestation or or the you know the big R word. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, or many times, these women are sexually initiated by already sexually aggressive males. Mm-hmm. You think about your twenty, your twenty-year-old that. Um, <laughs> you said twenty. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, what I'm, I'm talking about, like in you know, high school, like twenty-year-old that comes to the campus oh. and, and turn out sixteen-year-olds. Yeah, R. Kelly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> And give these women very, very uh, profound sexual experiences. Yeah, I knew. I I remember when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. There was dudes in their like early twenties that was talking to the girls. It was in like, mm-hmm. granted, the girls I went to school with when it was like eighth grade, they looked like adults. But still, come on, bro. She's like mm-hmm. thirteen. <laughs> She's intrigued by him because <laughs> a twenty-year-old can can quote unquote do more. Mm-hmm. Or do more attention and, and do more stuff for I mean the the, the sheer um upgrade of being able to drive. Mm-hmm. A car and a pedro at the time. You know. Then you get the even darker stories, you know, some of these ladies' mothers more or less prostituted them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh Eddie Griffin's favorite famous skit from uh the Chronic 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If y'all haven't listened to that, go look look up the Chronic 2001 and find Eddie Griffin's skit. Uh, yeah. I think it's called. Or just turned a blind eye, or it was a mother who uh, had to work a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once once the fellas found out that that mom's working at night and 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 basically the the girl was a um, latchkey kid, guess who hopping through the back window? Mm-hmm. Chad and Tyrone. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, and Ray Ray. Um, so we we have to we we do have to kind of drag into the light the, the under the undercurrents of uh sexual initiation in our culture and mm-hmm. how it um it kind of flows into these people's adult lives. That's their new normal, you know. Yeah, unless you're a non-select guy. Um so we're getting close to the end here. I wanted to ask. So, with both of us being seasoned men at this point, we're we're we will be considered, I guess, OGs at this point. We survived mm-hmm. to make it to this point in life. Mm-hmm. What would you tell younger men or your younger self? Hmm. Okay, starting with my younger self. 
really honestly it gets greater later mm. could i could i could i tell my my younger self uh to do this better or do that better knowing my younger self <laughs> probably wouldn't have listened but at the same time the way that it turned out even with the um things that I could have done better it still ended up pretty decent and set me on a trajectory to really do some profound things in the near future um as for uh, like the like the whole sexual thing uh I would say God bless you bro you dodged some bullets Ooh. big time <laughs> some serious bullets um money <laughs> i definitely would <laughs> if i had a time machine i'd tell him go back and buy him some bitcoin yeah <laughs> amazon and bitcoin <laughs> amazon and bitcoin yeah no <laughs> not seriously yeah c- considering that if me going back in time didn't disrupt the timeline in a profound way that mm-hmm. that definitely would tell him to do that uh Oh, and, and and perhaps um, you know, stay 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 intimate with the weight room and your fitness, mm-hmm. so that you could just get, be in a state of maintaining your strength instead of trying to rebuild it. Yeah, you know I'm all about the fitness. Fitness is my my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have any final thoughts for this episode? Um. No, I hope whatever we said touches the people it needs to touch. They get something out of it, just like when I was running my um podcast. Mm. And um yeah, that's that's basically what I have to say. All right. Sounds good to me. Well, brother, I appreciate it. We've been we've been brewing this one for a little while, so for sure, for sure. And I, you know, there there'll probably be a you know, number two, yeah. number three here and there along the way. Yeah, because we didn't even get to touch on investing yet. So Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can catch that in a month or so. Something yeah. like investing and um the uh the topic of how we met um uh, pertaining to a certain situation that's very popular right now. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you bro alright my man All right. until next time until next time peace. Peace, peace, peace I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pops Wisdom Podcast and as always you can follow on Twitter at Wisdom Pops on Instagram at Pops Wisdom and the email is popswisdom68 at gmail.com Please remember to like and share if you enjoyed. Um, hit me up, email, you know, DM me on Instagram. If you have any questions, any ideas, um, any suggestions. And uh, as always, I love you guys and peace.